Welcome to the UK Investor Magazine podcast, the latest on shares, markets and investments, now available on your Amazon Alexa. Hello and welcome to the UK Investor Magazine podcast, now also available on the UK Investor Magazine mobile app. Today's podcast, we're joined very kindly by one of the UK's leading fintech companies in primary bid. And we have today with us um, James Deal, who is the COO of Primary Bid. James, thank you very much for being here with us today. Thanks very much, Jonathan. So, James, um, a lot of the subscribers to UK Investor Magazine would have seen emails from Primary Bid very recently for the capital raisings you're doing. But for those that haven't, could you just give us a brief breakdown of Primary Bid and what you do? Sure. So, good morning. Primary Bid is a web and app-based solution that allows individual investors to participate in fundraisings alongside institutions. We use technology that brings together a wide array of individuals in the short timelines of uh, accelerated book builds or timelines of broader transactions such as open offers and rights issues, and indeed IPOs, that's initial public offerings. Okay, so there's obviously a specific problem that you're setting out to solve uh, with primary bids. Now, I used to work in investment management uh, on an advisory basis, and I remember some years ago, um, we had a house recommendation on British land, and then the subsequent week, there was a uh, placing that was limited to institutions. Obviously, uh, we were working with private clients there that then suddenly found their positions down 10% that were uh, they weren't able to partake in this placing. Is this the sort of specific uh, problem that you're trying to solve, James, or is there a sort of wider um, sort of issue you see in equity markets? So look, I, I'm going to set the scene. Um, if you go back to the 1950s, the entire stock market was owned by individuals. There were no institutions. Through the 1980s, you got to balance where individual investors or retail investors represented 30% of the market. And about 10 to 15% of every fundraising was allocated to those retail investors. By the time we get through to 2005, in comes the prospectus directive, which is there to protect individuals. And what we've seen is the level of ownership by individuals reached a low in 2010 of around 10%. It has since grown from there to currently on the last stats at around 15% of the market. But actually, when you look at the coronavirus period, that number has now pushed to retail representing over 20% of daily market flows. The relevance of this is along the way, when companies raise capital, they typically don't include retail investors because retail as a base of, of, of investors is far too fragmented. Deals are often very time sensitive and the administrative burden for the company means best advice is just don't go there. That's exactly what primary bid solves for. It's become very apparent and very necessary with the new rules that have come into place post coronavirus in that any company listed on the market now has the ability to raise up to 20% of its market value in an accelerated undocumented way. And to do so without inclusion of that roughly 15% that is individual retail investors is seen as unfair and falls foul of governance and basic principles. And interestingly, given 
retail investors are a very high percentage of daily flow in terms of buy orders at the moment. It's strategically valuable to bring retail in to help get capital formation, as well as to cover those, those fairness principles. And what we stand for as primary bid is the fact that technology has advanced in so many aspects of our lives, but not in capital markets. So primary bid allows for, as I say, a web and indeed an app-based solution to give the individual all the information they need to make an informed decision and to participate on the same terms at the same time as the institutions and avoid the dilution that would otherwise ensue. Okay, so James, I mean, this is something and a very specific problem that you're you're trying to solve here. And, and you've um, got a program called All Investors Matter, which anybody can find on your website. Um, I mean, what so what's the sort of main components of that? So it's obviously, you've written an open letter there and, you, and you've had a number of signatories. Um, what's the sort of drive there with, with that uh, with that programme? Sure. So, so All Investors Matter sits outside of primary bid. Uh, it was stemmed from, as you say, an open letter that we, we wrote uh, and spearheaded uh, that was published on the front page of the business section of The Times on, I think it was the 20th of April. We had the letter signed by 28 signatories, including Peter Hargreaves, Anne Richards from Fidelity, Andy Bell, Sir Brian Williamson, Martin Gilbert, and, and, a, and a broad array of very respected people in the industry. What's happened since then is that we see signatures coming in every day from individual shareholders who feel that they deserve to have broader rights and the ability to have a voice and indeed to participate in equity fundraisings. Okay, so investors that are listening to this and haven't used primary bid before, how do they go about getting access to the offers that uh, that you have there? Sure, so you can download primary bid from the App Store. When you've done that, we onboard you as a subscriber. We take you through all the obvious necessary tests in terms of anti-money laundering, what are called KYC requirements or know your client. And then we have appropriateness tests that go beyond the requirements that were put to us by the FCA. And with the technology that we've got embedded, we can onboard you in a matter of five and a half to six minutes, which means that as you have the scope to then participate in the transaction to see all the information related to the deal. And if you do so via our web or app-based solution, you pay on your debit card. Your money's hit our custodian account in six seconds, and we pool your demand along with hundreds or thousands of other investors. And your demand is at what's called strike. So we do not set a price. The price is set by the institutions. We are giving equal access for you, the individual, to come in at the price that the institutions set, which is, of course, quite often at a discount to the underlying market price. Okay, so an investor comes along, they partake in an offer. Then what happens with their shares then? Do they remain on, on the primary bid platform or you know, if they're trading through one of the online brokers, what's the sort of process um, from there for them, you know, if they want to sell them down the line or they want to add them to their current portfolio? What does that process look like? So that's a really important question. So whilst you are a subscriber to primary bid, we don't really own you as a customer because 
when you onboarded and you went through that 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 process, we ask you to put in the name of your broker and your account number. So when you transact through us, we settle the shares typically on a T plus three basis directly to your broking account. Okay, so um, the, it's not as if you're sort of holding on to shares; it, it's going directly through to their uh, to their existing platform there. So, Correct. and and that's an automated service. I, I take it you know they don't have to do anything post uh, offer. That's right. Okay, so fantastic. Um, there was an offer last night for Ocado, uh, which I know the primary bids were involved in, but this wasn't an offer that was available to all retail clients. So there was obviously a significant placing, uh, it was about 650 million. There was participation there from primary bids, but not every retail investor would have had access to that. What what did that sort of deal look like? Because that was slightly different to some of the other ones that you've done recently. To be honest, it's exactly the same as other transactions we've done recently. We were we were there to raise the maximum eight million euro threshold that is set within the prospectus directive, and it is open to all retail investors. And we were able to allocate that full amount, uh, as requested by the company, to a broad base of largely existing plus some new retail shareholders. Okay, so that that was open to to everybody there. I mean, that limit there of of, of eight million. I mean, do you see that being an issue for broader take up among retail uh, clients in in sort of larger FTSE one hundred companies if they're raising significant amounts? Is there, you know, I'm sure there would have been a lot more demand than than eight million for uh, from retail clients going forward. I mean, is is that something that um, could be uh, an issue going forward for a sort of larger take-up among retail clients? So look, two things to say. Ocado for us is a is a wonderful company to work with. Um, my colleague Anand and I have cited this business as a retail company that represents the celebrated ability for technology to improve a service for underlying customers. So the analogy to primary bid is obvious. We are also both shareholders and indeed customers of Ocado. And so we have deep faith and belief in what this company is doing. So for us, a watershed day to be able to work with Ocado in broadening their shareholder base and giving full access to all of their faithful, supportive individual shareholders. Now, in terms of that limit, we can in fact raise a lot more than 8 million euros because we are able to raise direct from existing retail investors and then from what are called eligible counterparties that would not get captured by the typical investment banks, but again, may be seen as shareholders and be shareholders in a given business. We did not use that model in this example because time was short and we kept the process simple. But going forwards, we expect to be able to work to the best interest of the company in giving the broadest base of access possible to existing shareholders. And it's an interesting question in that the prospectus directive is expected to fall away in December as we are expected to exit Europe. And the regulators will put a new structure in place that may well address a number that is 
hopefully higher than 8 million euros. And that makes great sense when you consider that public markets now have a much higher level of disclosure and information in the hands of the investor. And therefore, it's possible for the individual to use technology and web-based solutions to get all the information they need to make an informed decision in what might be hours or days, or of course, weeks, depending on the nature of the transaction. Okay, so I mean, just looking at the, the wider market, James, I mean, what's your sort of view on sort of capital raising needs through COVID-19? There's obviously been a, a string of, of high profile um, raises recently. I mean, do you think that this is set to continue as we go through and there's obviously going to be, um, you know, probably more equity raises or, or do you think um, that, you know, we're sort of getting past the the, the worst of it and, um, you know, maybe uh, large corporates can go to the bond market uh, to, to get their funding. I mean, do you, do you think there's probably going to be some more equity raises going forward this year? I would expect very much to see more of the same. And that is a balance between both equity and debt issuance in public markets. And I think it's very interesting to look at how the UK public markets can play a very necessary role in recapitalizing or refinancing both public enterprise and indeed private enterprise, whether that's through investment trust structures or existing listed companies consolidating their markets and helping protect jobs and protect infrastructure of our economy so the heartbeat continues. And when one considers the quantum of capital that's sitting in ICES and SIPs across the UK, my belief is that the individual investor has a very relevant and important part to play in that recapitalization process, which could last for some time. So you touched on ICES there, uh, James. That's that's quite an interesting point. Is, is it possible for investors to make an investment through you in an offer and then that be allocated to their ISA or SIP in, in that case? It is possible to participate via the primary bid web and app-based solution and then go through a convoluted process called a bed and ISA process and transfer into your ISA. But it is not straightforward. Where we are going is working with partners to be able to integrate with their systems so that clients of said wealth managers can participate in a primary bid offer direct from their underlying broking account. But that is not in place as readily as it should be yet. And it just takes time with the necessary tech requirements to be built. Okay, so that's that's something that investors can look forward to going forward. It's so, a very important next step. Okay, so that's something that people should be uh, be keeping an eye out for. Um, just to finish off, uh, James, when people are sort of looking at primary bids, you've obviously had a number of sort of high profile companies, Compass Group, Ocado. Um, what could they expect, um, you know, in terms of deal flow and a sort of weekly basis going forward? And what would those sort of companies look like? I, I take great pride in the fact that our solution is technology based. And we are here to help the smallest of companies refinance in these difficult times, just as we are here to help the largest of companies reach the broadest base of shareholders. And that's the elegance of our technology-based solution. What you will see over the weeks and months ahead 
is a continued signature of activity at both ends of the spectrum and of course in between. Beyond that, we also expect we're going to see a good run of activity in terms of new companies coming to market, so IPOs. And we represent a very, very efficient way for companies to tap into the broadest base of shareholders and to do so in a timely and cost-efficient manner, giving, again, the underlying individual the right level of information to make an informed decision. Okay. Perfect. James, um, thank you very much for being with us today. Thank you. I would make one simple point, which is, I guess, in reflection of the question you've just asked, and that is that we expect that with time, the inclusion of retail will become the default option, not the exception. But thanks very much, Jonathan. No. Yeah. Thank you, James, for being with us. And uh, as I mentioned at the beginning, anybody on our email list would have uh, received the offers from Primary Bid. Um, So do keep an eye out for those uh, from uh, be signing up to the UK Investor Magazine. Thank you very much.